Hey guys, Jack here. Thanks for tuning in. Just one quick announcement today. Uh, a reminder to learn more about our New York City-based live coaching event. Uh, check out our website, justhandspoker.com slash New York event. There you'll learn more about what this event entails, uh, what coaching packages are available. That event is on December 9th and 10th in the New York City area. We hope to see you there. Check it out. It's linked to in the show notes. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Jack. Hey, Zach. What is up? Not much. Uh, enjoying the day. And uh, it seems like you are too, at least for the next little bit. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> and I plan to continue it. Uh, you're in you're in Martha's Vineyard, right? I am. Yeah, I'm seeing my entire family, all of us together uh, for the first time in a little over two years. So that's really enjoy nice. That. Yeah. Playing so, a playing a home game tomorrow. Oh, you Excited are about that. Yeah. Uh, out out of the vineyard. Yes. Nice. Is this with friends or like a meetup group or something? I went here three years ago for the first time, and of course I looked up just like poker meetup groups in Martha's Vineyard then, and got myself into a game and had a good time. It's just one two, but plays pretty deep and was a lot of fun. So gonna. Splash around there tomorrow. Nice. Apparently, Jesse Sylvia used to play in these games all the time. He's from here, so all all the people playing that game like played with him when he was like in high school and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So we have a listener hand today uh, from the old stomping ground for both of us, the Jack Casino. Nice. Playing one three. Looks like this was submitted just a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, I saw a nickname in the description, so obviously we're doing this hand. As we've said in the past, if you kind of make it literary, add some humor, add some villain villain descriptions and, and nicknames, a much higher chance of you getting right on the podcast. So let's, uh, let's read the tell us about the relevant players in the hand and get started. So the table in general is pretty splashy. Most of the players like to see flops, but usually fold if they miss. Most of my hands I have raised... See bet the flop and taking it down. The only hand I've turned down so far was pocket eights. I'm sure the table thinks I'm pretty aggressive because I've been getting a lot of cards and haven't shown down any other hands. In the hour I've been at the table, I've seen aces twice, ace-king four times, kings and queens, and all without showdowns. I'm sure I look like aggro McDonkey pants. I am late 30s, but I'm told I look mid-40s, probably from all the hard living. <laughs> Nice. Wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Honesty, vulnerability. I like it. Um, the villain in the hand is early 30s and has shown down some frustration with me. He grimaces every time I raise and once he muttered again under his breath. Jack, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that. I know I've heard that before. The old muttering. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'd say he has played maybe four hands, although that could be because he hasn't had a chance since he's on my left and I keep raising. The only hand I saw him get to showdown was with pocket jacks. He raised from the button and got three callers. He bet, bet, bet on a jack, queen, seven, queen, king board. He got raised on the river and flatted, uh, beating ace, queen. I didn't get the sense that he was scared, but that he, correctly in his opinion, realized they could only beat one hand that ever calls his river three bet, pocket sevens, and loses to everything else. Seems like a reasonable way to play. Kind of a middle, middling full house on that board. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I 
to be honest, I, I think Ace Queen would call, but uh What yeah. Yeah. I mean in in the moment once you raise Ace Queen on that on that river, you typically don't fold at one three. Yeah. Also like how deep are they that Yeah, it's 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 hard it's hard to know, but I'm gonna get I'm kinda getting the vibe that, you know, he's kind of just like, you know, yeah, it's, little, that's a significant grump, grumpy, grumpy reg type that has you know the pot's big know. enough, you know that kind yeah. of mentality. And I, I'm not saying it's it's a bad flat. I'm just saying like, yeah, I think I'd I'd agree there. And also, I can't like there really shouldn't if it went bet 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 it shouldn't there shouldn't be that much left behind for three callers yep. to flop. So anyway, uh, so villain two is seventy something wearing sharp looking yellow suspenders. Uh, with his white t-shirt, tan cords, and a MAGA hat. He recently busted an oblivious young woman when she four-bit shoved her king-queen of diamonds over his three-bit. He snapped her off with aces. <laughs> okay. So, just a reminder, we got kind of early 30s, likely grumpy reg, somewhat confident, and we have 70-something eccentric dress who uh, got it in with aces preflop. Effective stacks are four hundred fifty dollars. Uh, the hero is kind of the effective stack in this hand. Both villains cover. So villain one, the thirties guy, uh, raises to ten dollars, which has been more or less the table standard. And he's under the gun. Under the gun plus one and two call. Villain two, the suspender defender, as uh, he now nicknames this guy, makes it thirty five on the button. Now he's in the small line with pocket kings. So before I keep reading, uh, just kind of to recap, we got early 30s reg type, makes a 10 UTG, under gun plus one, under gun plus two call. Suspender defender makes it 35 on the button, and our hero has pocket kings with an effective stack of $450 in the small blind. What are you doing here, Jack? I would raise just because I think it's not, I mean, we have a really strong hand, like more action is not a horrible thing, but I don't it's not going to be super advantageous to play this pot like five way out of position. And I think that could easily happen if we flat. Uh, I think that will happen almost every time. Yeah. yeah. And you know, why don't we want that with Kings? Uh, Kings is not a hand that will tell us very easily if it's beat or if it's good. Uh, I mean, when an ace will come a good amount of the time and we'll probably be check folding in a five way pot. And when, Kings is an overpair, uh, you know, that's a good event, but we won't always be able to tell when we're good, when we're not. It'll be easier to navigate in a heads-up pot if we can get it heads-up, and if we take it down, that's not a bad thing in my opinion either. I also think that this is a spot where against the suspender defender, we can probably raise fold. Uh, You know, if we make it 100 here and... He ships for four hundred fifty. Yeah, I think then you know pretty comfortable folding kings. Yeah, yeah, we can let it go. Yep. Well, our our listener basically said the same thing. Um, you know, yeah. So he was pl- he was planning on folding to a five bet. Big blind folded, and now the first villain, early thirties guys, makes it two hundred. And remember, this is the guy who muttering under his breath that this guy's playing too aggressive. So. You know, everyone folds to suspender defender who thinks about it, looks disgusted, looks at villain one and says aces, ha, huh? and folds. If you're wondering, the dealer did say something about not commenting with other players in the hand. 
So continuing the description. So this is insane. I had so much information and I didn't know what should have the most impact. First, the comment from villain two makes me weight him strongly towards specifically kings and queens. I don't think this guy three bets with ace king or jacks. That's obviously bad for me because if he had king king, villain one has to have aces. I don't necessarily think hey, that's true. Hold on, Zach. Recap the action. For what happened? So, under the gun, villain one, early thirties reg type mutterer. He makes it ten. Two callers in early position. Suspender defender makes it thirty five on the button. Our hero in the small blind makes it two hundred. Sorry, oh, wow. makes it sorry, sorry, makes it eighty dollars with pocket kings. Oh, <laughs> okay. And then and then villain one four bets to two hundred. Ah, okay. So this is very much a shove or fold spot for our hero here. But yeah, he's saying that given that suspender defender has to have kings or queens, uh, it's bad because if he had king king, villain one has to have aces. That I'm not sure of. I think. You know, three bet ranges, especially four bet ranges, are very nutted, often at one three. But for a guy that looks, you know, a little more competent, that's been muttering that you've been way too aggressive and stuff, I think you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily able to add in any bluffs to his four bet range. But you might, he might just be widening the value range because he's, you know, frustrated um, with how aggressive your, your, you know, the hero is being, uh, and maybe not even incorrectly so. You know, like I don't. I wouldn't think it'd be a mistake to four bet get it in with queens in this spot. Yeah, I think that's, and so it, it folds around back to our our hero. Yeah, so this okay. is very much it's a shover fold spot with pocket kings out of position here. Well, I think if we thought, I agree that it's a shover fold spot, but I want to clarify why I think that. Okay, um, I would say that if if I thought that. Our opponent had a more polarized range, like aces, kings, and then some bluffs. Uh, you know, like eight nine suited, uh, ace five suited type hands. You know, the some of the hands that villain would open with under the gun, and then might decide uh, makes sense as a four bet bluff, or even ace king. If I thought villain's range looked more like that, then I would consider flatting and then just stacking off. Uh, on a good flop, because uh, I, I mean, if if our opponent's range is mostly polarized towards like aces and I guess essentially bluffs, then there's not a whole lot of reason to raise. Uh, and I think against that range, we have too much equity to fold. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, though, that what's more likely, especially at one three, given the opponent description, given the fact that the suspender defender is still in the hand, is that the three better. Uh, I think this does become a razor fold spot just because I think a, a more pure bluff is less likely and we're more up against a range that either is doing very well against us or a range that maybe includes some value hands that would stack off that we're ahead of. Uh, and I think given your image, it makes me think that you should probably just sh- shove and, you know, kings pay off aces. That's the way it normally should work. Uh, and if, if that's the case, that's okay. As long as we think that our opponent will stack off with Queens or perhaps Jack's in this spot too. Yeah. So yeah, I I think it's important to know in this spot that like when someone makes it to, you know, five bets to 200 with an effective stack at 450, one, they never should fold. And I don't think they ever do. So I think that's just 
important to keep in mind. And yeah, like I, I just never see this at the very low, you know, one, two or one, three stakes where someone just decides to absolutely like go crazy with six, seven suited for like the first time in their life. You know, there's some players that do that routinely, but usually you're not going to aggravate someone so much that you drastically change your strategy. It's more of like, maybe like, Oh, I have pocket tens. Like, I have really good hand. I'm entitled to win this pot. I hate how aggressive he's being. Like, let's shove it in his face, you know? So I, th- I think that type of thing with a hand that's maybe too weak, like tens or jacks, maybe ace king, uh, is what makes sense here. Uh, and the, the, the hero writes, you know, kind of a long description about how, like, he has to have aces or kings. And I just, I think with these dynamics, and the absolute strength of your hand, I think this is just a pretty straightforward shove spot against this player. Yeah, and it looks like Hero shoved, and in retrospect thinks it was uh, a terrible shove. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy had aces. Don't have confirmation there, but based on the description, it looks like he had aces. Oh, so we spiked the king, and that's why you don't know? No, 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 no. He he just keeps writing why I think it was a terrible shove, and I, I think it might be a little bit results-oriented, but let me look. Uh, sure, sure, sorry. Oh, actually the results are that the other guy did have the other two kings, but that the board ran out with four diamonds and our hero won. <laughs> so, well done. Nice bank. But... I, I think the hero is a bit hard on himself in terms of, you know, being like he either has the one combo of kings or just aces. And with these game dynamics, I just don't think you can say that, you know, like that will definitely be true some percentage of the time. But, you know, for every time that he has like an ace king or a queen's jacks or maybe even a worse hand and you fold, it's a pretty big mistake. So I think you should feel pretty happy about shoving it here and you should feel even happier about you know, making a flush and probably putting him on crazy tilt. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do think like it is savvy of our correspondent to acknowledge that, uh, the suspender def- defenders, a three bet folding range, uh, pr- probably, sorry, his three bet folding range probably strengthens, uh, under the guns, five betting range. Uh, because, you know, the three hitter is not obviously folding aces and might fold queens or jacks or tens, uh, after having three bet them. I think ace king is possible from the suspender defender. Uh, so that, you know, is obviously a combo that is very good for us, uh, in terms of how it affects our opponent's five betting range. But I think the main reason that I like shoving here is just our image and how frustrated we think under the gun is with us. And I think that sort of makes the decision for me. Okay. Um, Yeah. Well, I like the description and while we didn't read all of the kind of uh, analysis, I thought the analysis uh, was very good, very thoughtful and yeah, appreciate you writing in this hand and, yeah, uh, thanks for, for a nice little preflop spot. Hey guys, one last thing. At Just Hands, we always try and bring you the best analysis possible. And in this episode, there was one thing I said that 
really doesn't make sense given the stack sizes, and I just want to clarify it. I was saying that from Hero's perspective, after raising to 85 uh, and getting 5 bets 200 by under the gun, that if I was in Hero's shoes and thought I was up against a more polarized range, that I would consider flatting. And at these stack sizes, that doesn't really make sense since... And that's because Villain's Bluffs would have basically the, the right equity to call. You know, a hand like Ace-5 suited would have plenty of equity to call against a range of aces and kings, even. And even a hand like 8-9 suited would be getting close to the right price to call, especially if uh, we were to be pushing a hand like Ace-King. Because of that, uh, this spot with these stack sizes, I do think it is a razor-fold situation, regardless of whether our opponent is polarized or you know, shoving more of a merge value range. If stacks were deeper, then I do think there would be more of a case for calling. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.